I'm exhausted and I just watched that and stood there for 10 minutes every night. If you worked in VBS, whether you have a t-shirt on or not, stand up. Come on, everybody. Thank you for investing in the future of children in the next generation this week. Thank you for the time you get. We, we actually had probably more staff than we had children this year, and uh, it was an incredible week, and so we appreciate you and all you've done. And Andrew for heading it up, because he has nothing else to do. He leaves today at 2.30 for Coachella Valley and uh, a week of VBS out in the desert at Thermal in Mecca. And so uh, he, he, you probably, sh you know, pray for him. There's a lot going on. And, and so I want to let you know something right now so that you're paying attention because you, you don't always pay attention at the end of the service. I'm just saying. We have our Afghan refugee family. And so... Um, it's a family of eight. They've come from Afghanistan to Dubai. Ah, did they go to Germany? I don't think they, they did. Then they went to Germany. And then they put them in Wisconsin in December. <laughs> they came here, I believe, in February, January. They've been at, LA, at an airport near LAX since January. A family of eight in two rooms in a hotel, not on the same floor. They have one change of clothes, they have a, a um, pressure cooker, uh, uh, what else do they have? They have not very much because, you know, that's just the nature of things. They have, uh, here we go, two tea kettles, a pressure cooker, one change of clothes, and they're going to move to Lomita. We found a place in Lomita, so it'll be close. And so. You can applaud all of that, but we have two weeks to get them a house full of stuff, all right? So you'll be getting a, um, an email with an uh, Amazon list if you want to help with that. If you signed up to help, you have, we have two weeks. Uh, moving day is July 30th, and so um, it, it'll be high gear because we have nothing else going on around here. So uh, if you're interested in that, it's exciting, it's going to be fun, and it's an opportunity to minister um, to this family of eight. So that's wonderful. This week we have learned at VBS that we should all trust in the wisdom and the power and, and the love of God. Uh, and so it's been a wonderful thing to, to pull this off as a church family uh, as we've invested. The joy, the momentum, um, these are exciting days of Peninsula and we're going to keep riding the wave as we move forward. So it's been a great week. Stay engaged. Uh, I think it's a special season for us as a church family. The key verse this week was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which you probably know. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, I think that says submit. I learned it. Acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. We wanted to teach the children that there's a lot of reasons to, to trust God, even when life is hard. Because kids, how do you ride the wave? Did you learn anything this week? Kids, how do you ride the wave? All right, pay attention because I might ask the question again. You never know. But you know what? It's very easy to trust in God when things are going well. 
It's a little harder to trust in God when things aren't going so well. And I really want you to remember for the rest of your life that you can trust in God, his wisdom, his power, and his love. And so I'm going to do something this morning that I hope you'll never forget. But I need a volunteer, and I think I have one in mind, right? I think we should have Andrew volunteer. Everybody agree? Andrew, come on up here. Just stand right there in the middle, ditch the hat. Andrew, would you put this on? Oh. This is not a good sign. It's not. Button it up. Come on. Are you? Come on. Back there. I'm put these on too. <laughs> he looks a little nervous, but doesn't he look nice? Doesn't he look nice? Sometimes, you know, we can look nice, but stuff happens because it's hard to be a kid, isn't it? And sometimes, you know, you get picked last for kickball, right? And what happens? Oh my gosh, you get picked last. Sometimes, mom and dad are fighting. Let's just be honest. Oh, we, we bought a, a thing that's a little too um, waterproof. waterproof. It's okay. <laughs> Sometimes you get caught hitting your brother. But sometimes, as parents, life's not... Have you, have you checked your 401k lately? It's not doing so well. Sometimes you lose a job. You don't know where I'm going. <laughs> Yeah. I'm trying to help you. Yeah, no, I don't need any help. I'm enjoying this. So, so, sometimes, you know, you're not, the kids rebel a little bit. I'll go up top here. Yeah, could you help now? You can help. Let's oh, just, no. and sometimes oh, you just need an extra oh, squirt. Oh, this is so nice. Yeah, it is. That's, that's right. That's like a lot of our lives, isn't it? Oh, life's like that sometimes, and you don't know what to do. We do have to trust God. And so you know what I have here? I have a little thing that represents God, okay? This is God, and sometimes you need to learn to trust Him. You need to, to, to do what He says. And Andrew's not looking real happy. He's, he's a little messy. You've messed my carpet up, too. But sometimes trust in the Lord with all your heart. <laughs> Andrew's not trusting on his sleeve. <laughs> oh, your sleeve. <laughs> the carpet. <laughs> oh, your... <laughs> Don't lean on your own understanding, Andrew! I don't know what I'm supposed to say next. So, sometimes with God, 
It's, it, you, you have to trust in Him because things aren't always as they seem because God can come in with His forgiveness, His grace, and His love and look at Him, white as snow. <laughs> Should we do it again? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would have, I know. I gotta make sure it's off the carpet, you know? I can't believe I did that. Can you? Really? You don't know me very well. <laughs> so Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Sometimes it's hard to trust in God. Sometimes it's, we, we say it and, and it's a difficult thing to do. But what we're going to do this morning, I want to I look at this verse, because this verse is actually in a little bit of context. The context goes clear through verse 10. And yes, we're supposed to trust in God. How do you cutting out? How do you ride the wave? And we need to I know. And I don't have to hold something, do I? Give him time to switch the mic. Okay? That's better. Well, it is for me. So, so what I want to do is I want to ask the question, what does it really look like when life gets hard, when life gets difficult, to trust in God? Because this verse is really about coming to a fork in the road and trying to decide what I should do. So there's a lesson in this verse. Let's start there. Number one is the lesson. We know the verse well, but we've got to read the rest of the thought. Because sometimes we stop with just trust in the Lord with all your heart, which is great and we should do that, but there's so much more here. Because here in this verse, verse 3, it says, do not lean on what? Your own understanding. Verse 7 says, don't be wise in your own eyes. In other words, this verse is, is as it goes on, it's talking about a situation where you kind of think you know what to do. And, and, and you're not really, you know, you're wise in your own eyes, but not so much in God's. And in verse 7, it says what? Turn away from evil. So this is a case where you, you have a couple of choices. You're facing a fork in the road. I can go God's way or I can go my own way. I'm not talking about just some vague thing to trust God. The point is that we're not supposed to rely on just what we think we should do. We are supposed to rely on what God says to do. And when God has labeled one direction evil and, and tells us to go another direction, then are we willing to trust in God? Which brings up an objection. There's a strong but here in this proverb. It's like, well, wait a minute here. If I go the way God wants me to go, it's going to lead to disaster. Because I got it figured out. I understand which way, and, and it will solve the problem. For example, it was 1979. I don't have to tell you the exact year, but I just did. I spent the summer in South Africa. I was not married, nothing, and was a missionary, kind of a, an internship kind of thing there. And I was told something wise. Someday I might get married. Okay. I had never met my wife. Um, but you should buy a diamond while you're there. Well, that's a good idea because they're cheaper there and, and you can just buy a raw stone. So I did that. Now, you can't 
I don't remember if you can't leave or come into the country, whatever. It has to be in a setting. So we put it in a setting. And the girls on the trip, you know, a car wore it home. But they handed you this customs declaration form before you arrive at LAX again. And you have to decide, this rings on some other person. They'll never know I bought that diamond. Do I tell the truth and pay the fee? Remember, I'm a seminary student without a job and without a lot of money. Or do I just let her wear this diamond through customs and not declare it? Because that way, huh, I save a lot of money. And money is important. We like it. You face similar decisions when you see everybody in your classroom around you cheating on a test, and you need a good grade on that test. And so what am I going to do? Am I going to just, because I forgot to study, do I just do what the best I can? Or do I get an answer or two by looking around me? We all face those kinds of situations. We can go one of two directions, the biblical way or the way that seems best and wisest to us. And that's where I think Proverbs 3 comes and speaks loudly. Because sometimes in life, God asks too much of us. I can't really do what God wants me to do. And at that point, we ask, do I really trust God? Because this text tells us to do three things. First, to trust, which means basically lie flat down on the ground in front of God and acknowledge who He is. And as we, we put all of our hopes and dreams about the future and say, I'm going to trust you. Second, it asks, do not lean, or don't support yourself by, by leaning on something else for assistance. It, it was used of, of, um, of Samson as they leaned him against those pillars right before he, he knocked the building down. Saul leaned on his spear for support. Are there things we lean on for support? Have you ever worn crutches? Or not worn them, I guess used them. They, they can hurt after a while. They can chafe, they can hurt your armpits, they can hurt your... It's hard, it hurts your... Good luck today. Another one, well, I'll just stand still. And if I don't move... <laughs> he says, do not lean on your own understanding. You think the way is right, but, but don't do that. And, and we cannot lean on our own wisdom. It's exhausting. And then he says to acknowledge. The NIV says to submit or to recognize. When you come to a fork in the road in this kind of a decision, you need to, to think about God. You need to think about the light of his knowledge. And rather than leaning on some man-made crutch, you need to acknowledge who God is to submit to him. I'm not alone. Even though life is very hard, I'm not alone. And then the text gives us some promises. Because he says, you know, if you really go my way and you choose my path, there are some things, some consequences that are very good. There's three of them here. You might think it's going to be disastrous, but it's actually going to be very good. He says, I will make our path straight, which, which is the picture of a winding path full of rocks and stones. God says, it is my responsibility to straighten out the path and remove the rocks. And we look at this path sometimes and we think, man, there's no way that it's going to be straight and I can handle this. But God says, that's my job. I'll do that. I'll remove the obstacles. And then he says, it'll be health to your navel. Well, the NIV is much more kind. It says, health to your body. 
but it's literally, it's health to your navel. Because in the Near East, this was kind of the source of your health and your strength. I mean, if, if, if you've got diseases, you can trace them back a lot to a, to a nagging conscience or worry. Or, or you know, if, if you're well here, you're, you're well. Health to your navel. And he says it'll be moisture to your bones. We don't talk like that either. But it's an invigorating tonic for our lives. It, it's, it carries the idea of being refreshed of being vigorous and strong and moving forward. God says, you go my way, I'll straighten your path out, I'll give health to your navel, I'll invigorate your bones. And then he ends with an illustration in verses 9 and 10. Here's an example. And where does he go? He goes to money, of course. We all face money issues. Verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. You got a choice to make. They asked, God always asked for the first fruits, which means what? You harvest, you got, say you got two weeks of harvest in your fields. After the first day, you give to God. Well, what happens if after the first day there's a rainstorm or a hailstorm or you get sick and you can't get the rest of the harvest? So it's, it's an act of faith to say, I'm gonna give from God out of the first fruits. Do you pay your bills first or do you give to God first? That's the question in modern language. Because if you pay God first, it might lead to financial disaster or at least discomfort. But the promise of God is to reward the decision to acknowledge his way. Go God's way. So what did I do on my customs declaration form? Wouldn't you like to know all I have to say is it cost me some money, but do you think today I missed it? I don't know if I missed the money or not, but I did what was right in that case. I've done a lot of cases where I've not done what's right because we usually conclude God really can't help me in this little thing. Am I ready to throw myself completely on the Lord, to cast my present and future needs on Him? Am I willing to live life and say no more crutches? I am going to trust in God. I'm going to do it my way. Because how do you ride the wave? You trust in God. And that means that he's going to take care of you. Even though it may look like it, it may not look like it, and even if you can't see how he can possibly work that out. There are moments in life where you have a choice to make between what God says and what looks reasonable. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He's going to make your path straight. That's his responsibility, not yours. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for your goodness and your grace. I thank you for children and the joy they bring to our lives and the opportunity to share with them of the unsearchable riches of our Savior. As we all face situations in life where we need to choose whether we're going to, to go your way or whether we're going to take things in our own hands. Help us think about this. Help us remember what happened to Andrew because as we trust in God, you'll take care of us. You'll wash us clean. Therefore, we can sing your praise and raise to you a hallelujah of worship. In Jesus' name, amen.